this is Paul Shepherd, and welcome to the Mindset Changing Podcast. We are now on episode 5 of the Anxiety and Stress Healing Series. Now, as I discussed at the beginning of this series, which if you've not listened to, it would be a good idea, then come back here at a later point. There are four key areas which need your attention and investment in as often as you can to help heal anxiety, stress and depression. And they will help you also grow, flourish and thrive. Now, here is a quick reminder of those four areas. We have mind, body, heart and purpose. So mind includes meditation, mindfulness, therapy, CBT, learning, rest and recharge. The body includes gut health, nutrition, hydration, exercise, diaphragmatic breathing, yoga, stretching, getting out for some fresh air. Heart includes self-acceptance, love, human connections with yourself and other people, fun, play, creativity, indulging in your passions and practicing gratitude. Purpose. This includes living by your core values, career, what motivates you and how you really want to live. So if you really want to heal your anxiety, please invest in these four areas and you should begin to notice the changes in how you feel, how you think really quickly. Clients report to me all the time how good they are beginning to feel from the simple changes they made in each area. I invite you to make a list using these four categories and make an intention to invest in each one of those four categories throughout your day. For example, an average day. So waking up and stretching, what stretching would be for the body. A healthy breakfast, food and rehydration, again, more for the body. Giving someone you love a hug or call. That's for the heart. Meditation is for the mind. It can also have an impact on the heart depending on the type of meditation that you participate in. If you begin to exercise in the morning, that's also good for the body. It has an impact on the mind. Knowing your core values helps fulfill the purpose part. Now, mine is obvious. It's to help as many people as I can. I'm really grateful that I get to do that with creative content and with one-to-one sessions. Now, if you've not done a cause values exercise, I really would suggest doing one. They're available online. Find one that you think appeals to you and explore from there. If you're not living by your core values, that really can have an impact on anxiety, stress and depression. Now, some of your suggestions and investments for yourself will fit more than one area. That's fine. But again, just balance it out between mind, body, heart and purpose. So today's session is going to focus on heart. We've touched upon mind, we've touched upon body. Now it's the heart's turn. And we're going to focus on self-acceptance as this is one of the most powerful ways to create a change in your relationship with yourself and with other people. Now here is a truth bomb, a powerful truth bomb that I recently released on social media and resonated with thousands of people. You will never be happy 
you will never be free and you will never have the life you truly want unless you end the war with yourself and move towards a path of self-acceptance. So what exactly is self-acceptance? I really wholeheartedly agree with Russell Greiger, who's a therapist, who said in an online publication, unconditional self-acceptance is the understanding that you are separate from your actions and your qualities. You accept that you have made mistakes and you accept you have flaws, but you do not let them define you. So the difference between that and self-esteem is self-esteem is how you feel about yourself, whether you are good enough, valuable and worthwhile. Self-acceptance is the acceptance of yourself without judgment. And that means accepting the rough and the smooth. As a side note, if you're not being self-accepting of yourself, then it's likely you might be culturally compliant. And what do I mean by that? We have a culture that strongly promotes the idea that you are simply not good enough. And you won't be happy unless you look a certain way, have the latest product, earn a certain amount of money and have a certain type of lifestyle. Failure to comply means you are not successful, you will fear judgment, you will feel embarrassed and this impacts how you think about yourself. It can get even darker where people begin to strive for perfectionism. And There's nothing wrong with striving for excellence but perfectionism does take it to another level. And we're bombarded with imagery, which suggests there are people who have achieved something perfect. This just adds to the pressure that somehow we're failing because we're not reaching what we are seeing. But what we're seeing is an illusion. But there's not a lot of money to be made from people who are satisfied and content and accepting of themselves. Marketing is at its best when it convinces you that you need their product. And it will do that by tapping into your emotional fears, your worries, your dreams. So what does a lack of self-acceptance look like? Well, if you're wishing you were someone else, that is a lack of self-acceptance. If you wish you'd look like someone else, that's a lack of self-acceptance. Wishing you were thinner, taller, shorter younger, smarter, richer, more popular, wishing you had less flaws. That is a lack of self-acceptance. You may find yourself becoming angry, resentful, regretful, depressed, because you might try to use anger and criticism and judgment to try to motivate you to have the life that you are seeing other people achieving. But it's a trick because who's ever really changed their life to that degree based on criticism? That might be the odd case. But the reality for most of us is that criticism makes us shrink from life. It makes us feel bad about ourselves and then we indulge in unhelpful habits that go along with that. Where's the encouragement? Encouragement helps us grow. We can face challenges, we can flourish, we can thrive. You've got to ask yourself, how often do you use encouraging language to move towards what you want? 
or do you use some form of negative self-talk pep talk? Now you might get a moment's motivation from that anger burst. It doesn't tend to be sustainable though. So ending the war with yourself will give you the energy, will give you the motivation, will give you the compassion and kindness to do something much healthier with yourself in your life. Now the benefits of accepting yourself include an increase in your self-esteem. Who doesn't want that? You won't waste energy trying to fix yourself because you're not broken. You'll be fighting and criticising yourself less, if at all. Less self-sabotage. There's a reason to have a party. You may find yourself taking more risks for life-changing opportunities as you experience a reduced fear of failure. Something that I absolutely love about self-acceptance is the freedom, the liberation that you get, especially when you stop comparing yourself with other people. Just more present, more in the here and now. Don't worry about what people think of you. It's none of our business. We can't control that. It's uncontrollable. We have a level of influence to some degree. But at the end of the day, we don't know what they're going to be thinking. So why bother wasting energy and time trying to predict that? Worrying about that. And self-acceptance does create a healthier relationship with yourself and other people around you. Who doesn't want that? Because human connection is absolutely everything. And we have one life, dependent on what beliefs you have. But in general, we tend to have one life. This is not a dress rehearsal. And just practicing some self-acceptance each day will go a long way. You will see there are two new meditations I've done for you. They're a bit hypnotic, I will warn you. I've added a bit of self-hypnosis into older my meditations anyway. That's what I'm known for as a hypnotherapist. Triggering the deeper resources within you to create change for yourself. Not because I want you to change, but because you want you to change or you wouldn't be here. So what can you practically do besides meditations to be kind to yourself? Well, the four keys are the ultimate act of self-kindness. They are. If you can't make time for yourself, how do you expect to be able to be there for the people around you? Or for the things that are important for you? So, start being kind to yourself. You know deep down what you need to do, what you really need to be kinder to you. What to let go of, what to do more of. Forgive yourself. Don't cringe. Forgive yourself for your past and look at it with compassion. If you had a friend who was judging and beating themselves up for making mistakes as a normal human being, would you talk to them, put them down, criticize them, judge them as you do yourself? If you would, 
we might need a chat. But most of you, hopefully, wouldn't. Why? Why would you treat yourself differently than you would other people? Write down a list of your flaws and strengths and accept them that they are part of the whole. If you do something you think is idiotic, fair enough. But that doesn't make you an idiot. If you do something you think is clumsy, fair enough. That was a clumsy act. But it doesn't make you clumsy. If you fail at something, you're not a failure. You just failed at something. Room for improvement. Who hasn't got that? Remember, if someone you know failed at something, would you just say, well, you're just a failure? Would you put them down that way? Or would you objectively point out that they only failed at that thing? Remember, your weaknesses are a wonderful signal that you have room to grow. They do not define your whole being. And it's an important part of self-acceptance to realise that. Celebrate your strengths. Celebrate you have challenges to help you flourish and thrive. Become aware through mindfulness of your inner critic and the language it uses. And it's doing this, maybe for a number of reasons. Does it think it's motivating you? Is it trying to protect you? And from what? Challenging and changing the script of your inner critic is just a matter of brain training. That's what CBT and therapy can help you with. Helping others and seeing your positive influences on their lives can make it harder to think badly of yourself. What can you do to just send that ripple out from the core of you? which if you do the meditations, you'll discover more about. The core of you that can be completely at peace, completely self-accepting, completely undisturbable. One of the myths about self-acceptance that keeps cropping up and that creates resistance is, well, if I'm accepting myself, then I'm not going to want to change anything. I'm just going to stay still, tread water. And that's absolute nonsense. Because the paradox of self-acceptance is that you're not giving up or resigning or letting go of anything that you want to achieve in life. You're simply letting go of what is uncontrollable and focusing your energy on what you can control. If you would like more information on your circle of influence and control, Google Stephen Covey's Circle of Influence and Control and have a look at the information online. There's plenty of it. Remember that. If you cannot control it, do not get stressed about it. If you cannot influence it, 
Do not get upset about it. Focus on what you can change, not on what you cannot. Self-acceptance can be a wonderful part of helping you heal your anxiety, stress and depression. And it's an amazing investment in your heart. So why not invest in your heart by doing the two meditations that are available with this podcast? Look for self-acceptance part one, which I would definitely advise doing first, and then self-acceptance part two. Thank you for showing up and listening to this podcast. Your feedback has been gratefully received. I have your requests for future episodes. If you have any requests, send them to me. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.